You guys are rocking this morning. Just love that. Thank you, Lord, for showing up. Whew. How are we doing back there, Kelly? I kind of threw Kelly a loop for a second and decided that I'd put my mic on about halfway through worship so we can get a chance to test it. So are we okay up there? You can probably turn me out of the monitors a little bit and we'd be good. I don't need to hear myself. I hear plenty of me. That laughter was from the people that have been here more than a year, just so you know. They've heard plenty of me, too. <clears throat> hey, I have been loving our road trip series. How are you feeling about it so far, huh? I've been praying for you. I've been praying for myself, just asking the Lord that we would not be the same at the end of the destination. This would not be one of those road trips that we take for the summer and then we go home at the end. I don't want to end up where I started. I want to end up where God wants me. Amen? And that's, 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 what I, that's been my prayer. It's, I hope it's been your prayer. I've been loving, and Pastor Dan has been on fire. He has been on fire. i got to tell you something. When he asked me to preach, uh, I don't know, about a month ago or so, and then he preached the last couple weeks, I was like, dude, I'm tapping out. I'm done. Not, the bar is set high. And, uh, and he said, well, they're going to need a break. We've been in some tough weeks, so uh, good. I can do breaks. That's, I, I bring the party to work party. I can do breaks in the middle of your sermon message. So um, I've been loving the, the pictures that he shared. In fact, he's on another road trip this week, right in the middle of our road trip series. He went to Yakima for a baseball tournament for Trevin and then their um, annual family week at Cannon Beach. In fact, can we just stop and pray for them right now? Lord, I'm thankful for the father in our house, one of my best friends, my brother, Pastor Dan, and his wife, Mary, and their kids. Lord, would you bless them this week? Lord, they are resting. They are taking some time out to hear from you, to hear from other leaders, to hear from other uh, preachers, to hear from other teachers, to enjoy fellowship um, uh, just in a different circle, Lord, to, to just soak in the sun, the sand, the water, the family time, their face, Lord, to look across the table and see each other without something to do, without somewhere else to be. And Lord, would you bless all of that in Jesus' name. Bring them back even healthier, rested, and restored in you. Amen. Man, I love my pastor. I've been loving the pictures he shared. It inspired me to share some pictures of my family trips, and then my family ixnayed that. If you saw our family photos, you'd know why for most of our trips. We've got pictures of uh, my youngest daughter falling in a campfire. We've got pictures of my son Colby hanging on the edges of cliffs. We've got stuff that we just don't want to share publicly, and in many cases the statute of limitations hasn't run out yet. So... Um, one of our favorite things about uh, road trips is road trip music. Do I have any other road trip musicers? Like, do you plan ahead of time, put together your playlist? Are there rules in your car? Yes. Are there rule, or are there road trip rules in your car? Right? Give me some of the rules. Right? Whoever's driving, whoever's driving is in control of the of the playlist. Right? What was the other one? I heard someone over here. Driver chooses the list. That's right. Any other? Don't touch the volume. When I set the volume, by gosh, it's like a Levitical law. <laughs> right? And by the way, on our road trips, the volume has to be an even number. Isn't that right, Kyla? Volume can never be on any one of our cars at any given time on an odd number. just doesn't work for us. doesn't work for us. I'm telling you what, living with me is real bad. I'm serious. It gets that bad. It's just really bad. Um, <laughs> pray for my family. Um, Thank the Lord for Kyla. I have one that's on board with me. That's right. You pump gas until an even number comes up. You keep the volume at an even number. Any favorite road trip songs or artists? Journey, right? Right? Don't stop believing. I mean, that's a road trip song right there. Any others? 
ZZ Top, what a favorite song. Come on, what's your favorite song? I know what it is because you don't want to sing it in church because it's something about, she got legs! Huh? I know, Dan. Yeah. That's right. I'm with you. Any other favorite road trip songs? Beach Boys. That's right. The West Coast girls are hip by really. Yeah, I love them, the Beach Boys. Any others? Allison Krauss, a little paper airplane, a little, yep, yep, down by the river. Love me some Allison Krauss. Um, there are road trip rules. There are road trip songs. Now, I've sung a couple, but I want to know if you would sing a couple with me. If, if these are familiar to you in any way, I'm just giving you freedom this morning. We're going to pray for repentance right afterwards. Freedom this morning to sing along if you recognize any of this. Oh, we need to stop and rewind that one. Okay, let's replay it. we got to start that one from the beginning because it's all about the rules. Music nonviolent with limited cussing. So nobody who's been shot. Here, come in, come in. Okay, right here. Two bunch of cool. I think we'll go with a little Bohemian Rhapsody, gentlemen. Good call. She's got a smile that it seems to Come on. Reminds me of there we go. Memories. Where everything was as fresh as a bright blue sky. All right, Tommy, you're the oldest. I'm counting on you. I see a little silhouette of a man. He's got a moose, got a moose, will you do the bandango? Oh, don't even go there. You ever had that moment? The wrong song at the very wrong time. You can change it if you want. I don't care. It's up to you. I can live with it if you can. Suit yourself. Come on, everybody. Ooh, Barracuda. Oh, yeah. 
good road trip music. I will have to say this, though. In all honesty, just being authentic before you, I don't have to override the skip button very often because my kids have great taste in music. Now, there's been a few seasons where a couple of them tampered with some stuff, but I'm really proud of my kids. They've got an eclectic uh, taste in music that spans multiple genres and generations, and I love that about them. Oh, man, road trip music. Road trip music is the best. The road trip music. Is, I've got a road trip music playlist now that I play it at sleep because I want to dream about being on a road trip. So I play myself to sleep with my road trip music playlist. It doesn't work because on my road trips in my dreams, I'm always chasing gorillas and doing weird stuff. Um, now we're just going to cleanse all of that. Would you stand with me and we'll read the word this morning all right, and just take a minute to prayer. Uh, would you stand with me as we read Matthew 11? That would be great. Thank you. Matthew 11, after Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who was to come or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. Uh As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No. Those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. I tell you the truth, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And down to verse 20, then Jesus began to denounce the cities in which most of his miracles had been performed, because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. If the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. And for you, Capernaum, will you be lifted up to the skies? No, you will go down to the depths. If the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. But I tell you that it will be more bearable for Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Lord, this morning we commit our time to you in this uh, next few minutes. Uh, Lord, we thank you for worship. We thank you for opening our hearts and for meeting us here. Holy Spirit, now we'd ask that you whisper to us and meet us in an even deeper and greater way. Would you be both our teacher and our counselor this morning? Would you be uh, Sahara, the fresh, gentle wind on a hot summer day to our spirits today. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Pete, very much. Come to me, all you who are weary 
and burden, and I will give you rest. Somebody say rest. Now just say rest. Rest. That word is, it's almost a, a monopoetic, right? It just, it kind of just feels and sounds like it means rest. You almost have to exhale to even say it. Rest. Rest just feels good. Today we're talking about the rest stops on the road trip of life. The rest stops on the road trip of life. Rest stops are glorious things. Many of us have regular rest stops. Even as I say rest stops, there's some that flash in your mind right now. Some of them are the actual rest areas on the interstate. Some are that regular restaurant, right? It's that same restaurant in Ellensburg that you always stop at on your way to Spokane or Idaho. It's the Burger King and Othello where Pete and I keep playing the same little tabletop digital game. And every time he wins, he puts another message. It started when he said, Jesus. Then we went back the second time and realized there were two Jesus at the top, and we were in Othello. It was probably somebody's name. So then he put loves. And then the next time we went, and he got better and better and better, and he kept leaving a message. Jesus loves you. Every time he better his score, he started printing out this message. Now, we don't eat at Burger King, but we stop there for our ice cream cone every time we're going to Lewiston, and we always check the game to see how we're doing. Jesus is up, and I'm not sure which one it is. You always have that, those rest stops, right? All my truck drivers, when I used to uh, manage a uh, warehouse in Penske, stopped at Indian John Hill, and they'd always call in and say, we're at Indian John Hill, and I knew exactly how far they were away. You have your favorite stops. You plan them ahead of time, right? Some of you plan them based on the amount of coffee you drink that morning. You know exactly how far you're going to be able to get. Or who's driving with you, right? Some of us have family members that have smaller bladders. Maybe like me, you've had some interesting rest stop experiences. We've had a couple of those what I call western door swinging moments. They're do 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 right? Coming back from a mission trip with our church youth group. Church was in Berrien, and we were coming back from down south. We were in Utah, blazing hot, an old, old school bus type of church bus that you would typically picture. No, no air conditioning, much less heat or anything else. The windows are down. 115 degrees, blazing in the middle of summer, 35 stinky, sweaty kids packed into a bus made for 30, you know, just everything. And we finally hit a park, green, water. Oh, it was going to be glorious. We got out of the bus, by the way, in big letters. Not, it couldn't just say church or community church. It had to say Glendale Evangelical Lutheran Church across the whole side of the bus. And we got out. And, it's, and I mean, there was kids cheering and laughing in the, the sound of a park full of life until we hopped off the bus. Silence across the whole park. We pulled up in the middle of a Mormon family day picnic. Yeah, no, they did not. They, they gave us the very clear visual. You guys have about two seconds to grab water and get out of here. So we did. Not long ago, uh, my family and I stopped uh, in Othello. We decided we were going to do something other than the Burger King right next to the road because I knew it was going to be, it was a Sunday afternoon, it was warm, and I thought, you know what, if we drive through Othello, there's a soccer game somewhere. Good, you know, Hispanic soccer game. And I want to eat somewhere where we can sit at a park and watch, watch a local youth game. So we're driving around, I find a park, we watch some soccer, we go off. What we're sure as we pull up is one of those franchise Taco Time stores, right? It's a Taco Time at Taco Bell. We didn't really pay attention, but it had the same look and feel on the outside. Everything was perfect. We walk in the door, and this should have been our first 
clue. Literally, you open the glass door. You know how some have like the double glass doors or sort of the windbreaker area, right? We walk through the first glass door. As I'm walking, I'm thinking, oh, I forgot to look. Is this a taco time or taco about? I'm not even sure what I'm in order. And the second set of doors were wooden swinging doors. And I opened it up and realized where the counter and the cash registers and menu used to be. It was all like velvet pictures of Mother Teresa and uh, you know <laughs> Mary and... There was nothing but uh, Hispanic music playing, and the place was full of um, Hispanic folks. There was a big stack of Coronas on the counter, and a lady came up like she was going to ask us to be, you know, to be seated, but she didn't say anything. She just kind of walked up to us and stopped, and the music stopped, and everybody in the restaurant stopped and looked at us. And I looked at Cindy, and Cindy said, there's somewhere else that we can eat. <laughs> we had the very clear signal that we were not wanted there. Well, it's not going to be a rest area for us. Maybe, like me, well, this is TMI, but I'm the king of TMI. You've fallen asleep at a rest area. You've rested at a rest area. That's a good thing, right? That's what they're there for. Except for when you're in a bathroom. That's not a good place to fall asleep. Twice. Twice I've done that. Or maybe like somebody else in my family who remain anonymous, but her initials are Cindy, got in um, on a road trip with her mother and our girls on a ladies' weekend, um, went into the restroom at a rest area, came back out, got in the passenger side of the car, shut the door, grabbed the seatbelt, was talking to her mom, grabbed the seatbelt and started to strap it in when her mom said back to her, honey, you seem like a sweet lady. And she realized it was not her car and not her mom. We have had some interesting rest stop experiences. You know, sometimes you pull into those rest stops that have the RV dumping stations. So there's like tons of RVs right there, right? And they're usually like spread out. They've got their lunches out. They've pulled the awning down on the RV, the picnic tables out. It's like they're just going for cheap camping for the day. They got kicked out of the camp spot that they're at, so they're hitting the rest stop. Maybe it's one of those rest stop moments where you really do need the bathroom that I talked about. And here's the problem with that. You drive in utter fear, because you really need the bathroom. I mean, you're counting the miles. You see the sign, rest stop ahead, 16 miles, 14, last rest stop for 50 miles. And you, you're barely, uh, you know, am I going to make it? Am I going to make it? You've held it, and you've held it, and you've held it for miles. And then you finally get there, and you see this glorious sign right here, rest area, right? And you're thinking, oh, I finally made it. But then your joy is hampered with fear. What is that bathroom going to look like? Then you're just like, then when you finally go in and all it has is a semi-functioning door, it's like the sound of hallelujah. At least it has a door, right? Praise God. Not only are the bathrooms there, but we know that we need to find every now and then that rare American form of artwork called the rest area map, right? The rest area map. Not many of us use it, but when we do, we really need it. It either confirms our journey and it lets us know that, hey, not only are you on the right place at the right time, but you're so far ahead of schedule. Look at these other local attractions you can visit while you're here. And you feel joy like this person right here. (laughs) Or maybe it's kind of the bearer of bad news. And it's reminding you that you have so much further to go. Or in my case... Go back one camera. Or in my case, I did not have this look on my face. Go back one if you can, Cam. Again. Did not have that look on my face 
when I stopped at the rest stop, when I finally entered Eureka, California, on my way to Eureka, and realized the UR here pin was in Yreka, California. I realized I had not reached my destination, and I had at least another hour and a half to go. Then, of course, no rest stop is complete without the volunteer coffee stand. Yes, when you're so desperately in need of sustenance that you actually begin to crave a hardened, stale, weak-old donut that's been handled without gloves by every sweet elderly lady that ever served at the VFW volunteer stand, or that slightly lukewarm cup of coffee that's in the smallest styrofoam cup that the roadie club could scrounge up, complete with two extra tablespoons of Folgers grounds floating around the bottom of it, you finally pull over because it's all you have and it's all you need. And at that particular time, go to that last picture, Cam, that stand is closed. Little picture saying, closed today. Oh, you hate that moment. It's interesting that when it comes to our stomachs or our bladders, we'll plan a rest stop and not think twice about the interruption on our journey. And even though it's called a rest stop, very few of us actually use it for that purpose. We get in and get out as quickly as we can. In fact, the Virginia Tech Transportation Institute cites that more than 20% of our auto accidents nationwide are the result of driver fatigue. And I wonder what the Virginia Tech Transportation Institute would say if they were measuring life fatigue, if they were measuring Christian fatigue, if they were measuring love fatigue, if they were measuring ministry fatigue fatigue. You see, I'm absolutely convinced this morning that we are too often more in tune with our stomachs and our bladders than we are our hearts, our minds, our spirits, or our souls, which are in desperate need of a rest stop. Rest stops are our opportunity for rest and renewal. There are opportunity for rest and renewal. And we get rest by taking stock. First of all, simply by resting. It's almost like a lost art form in our country to think what it means to rest, right? You think just sitting down for 10 seconds is resting, but you'll spend that time on your phone, on your laptop. I can speak for myself. If I don't have the laptop and the soccer game going on and my road trip playlist playing in the background, I don't feel like I'm at rest, but I'm not resting in that moment. Exodus 28 through 10 says, Remember to observe the Sabbath by keeping it holy. You got six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath, day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. The Lord himself rested. He set the model and the example, and he tells us, and I'm not just talking about the Sabbath today. I'm talking about just the principle that when we're living the way we should be living, we should be resting on a regular basis. In fact, you know the Virginia Tech Transportation Institute also tells you that you should stop at a rest area every 100 miles. We plan our trips to Lewiston without stops. Generally, we'll make one halfway between here and there. That's a 600-mile trip. I don't know, 500-mile trip. We make one. Sometimes we'll make two if we really desperately need another quick one. See, what they're saying is you don't wait until you're fatigued to stop. You plan it ahead of time. Some of you know in the morning when you leave. You don't wait till you're hungry. You know, you know what? We're getting up at 4 in the morning and leaving. We're going to have to stop for breakfast sometime around 8 or 9. We'll just plan on that Ellensburg stop for breakfast. You're not hungry yet, but you just know. So let me say this. When you're not fatigued yet, just know 
Book it. Put it on the calendar. Plan it. Put it in your hearts. Put it in your minds. I need to plan my rest. Psalm 23 says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. Are you finding rest in the right place? He guides me in the path of righteousness for His namesake. Our rest and our restoration needs to be a part of our routine. You also rest and take stock by cleaning up, right? When you go to a rest area, I don't know about you, but the first thing I do is look around at all the garbage I've accumulated in the car, right? All the road food I've packed up on, whatever, and I just start picking up, and the first thing I do is I hit to the garbage can. When I go into the restroom, I wash off my face to wake up a little bit. I don't know about you, but I get a little life on me on my journey. I accumulate stuff along the way. And maybe in little bits and pieces by itself it wasn't bad, but when I stopped long enough to take stock, I got a lot of garbage. So let me ask you this. What's gotten on you on your journey? What's just that little thin layer of dust for you on your face, on your hands, in your car, the piles of garbage? Ephesians 4 says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted, by its deceitful desires. And Hebrews 12 reminds us, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us. Sometimes resting and renewing is really about mm, taking stock long enough to clean house. Just clean up a little bit. right? If you're living life right, you probably get a little life on you. That's okay. Just know, if I'm going to live right, if I'm going to make the impact, I'm going to make it work. If I'm going to make the impact and put myself out in places that aren't perfectly squeaky clean all the time, and I know my own sinful nature, I am a man and I mess up, and the old man comes out every now and then, then why not just book it now? Put it on my calendar. You know what, Wayne? Every so often you're going to need to stop and take... Don't wait until the garbage piles up that everybody and their brother can see it. Don't wait until it so hinders you that you can't even love right. Are you going to let that little piece of bitterness just go and go and go? And now pretty soon you're yelling at your daughter for something she didn't even do just because you're really mad at this person over here, but they're not here to yell at, so you're just going to take it out on everybody? Man, that's a garbage. That's a a car full of garbage that passed too many rest stops. Didn't take the time to just clean a little bit as we go. Rest stops are also a perfect place to top and take stock by calibrating. The map. The map. Dora would be proud. Dora the Explorer. It's the map, it's the map, it's the map, it's the map. Am I where I'm supposed to be right now? When I stop and look at the little you are here pin on any map, am I where I'm supposed to be right now? And if I am, Lord, now's your chance. Direct me where I'm supposed to go next. Hey, Lord, while I'm here, are there any other local attractions? I got time. Is there something you want me to do while I'm in this moment, in this season? Is there somebody you want me to meet? Something you want me to see? Lord, you brought me here at this time. What do you want to do with me before I get back out on my journey? It's a chance to calibrate. How am I doing? Am I going the right way? Do I need some nourishment, Lord? I'm, I'm calibrating right now. I'm here. Do I need to stock up on some road food? What do I need to do for the next leg of my journey? Now I'm looking at the map, Lord. I see the little you are here pin, but I also see where I think I'm going. What do I need to get there? What are your two stale donuts and bad cup of coffee? 
What do I need to add to my backpack? Lord, what do I need to take from you? What do I need to take from my brothers and sisters at church? What do I need to get there? I can't tell you how many times I've reached out to you. And some of you in this room know you've gotten that call from me. This is what my next few weeks looks like. This is what my year looks like. This is the season I'm in right now, and I'm not going to make it without your help. What do I need to get there? Proverbs 3 reminds us, in all our ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight our paths. And Jeremiah 6 tells us, thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths, where the good way is, and then walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. On our first honeymoon, some 28 years ago, Cindy and I decided to take, uh, we were heading down to the coast, and we decided to take 101 at the time rather than go I-5. We wanted to take our time, do a little scenic route. But 101 was washed out on part of our journey, so we had to take a detour up a mountain road. And I swear to you that we were so lost. We were up in the high country. There were a few logging trucks that we passed, and we were on the smallest, dirtiest, bumpiest mountain road i i you know an hour and a half into it we believed we had well gotten off our detour and we didn't know where we were we didn't have gps back then we didn't have maps my little Rand mcnally remember the little one where you had to turn to page 26 and go back to page five and then go back to it we were so far off that book it wasn't even funny but i know this if you stay on your road the road that god wants you on that you will find your rest we didn't rest. We enjoyed being out in the country and seeing some things, but there was a point where we had taken, see, we'd taken the trip down that particular road because we wanted to take our time and be scenic. So then we had to really take our time on this detour, and it was beautifully scenic up in the mountains, but we were not at rest because we had gotten off our path. We were worried. We were afraid. So let's look again at our verses that we read earlier and see what's happening here. There's some theological uh, speculation about why John would send his disciples out and ask these questions of Jesus in this manner. Did he, John, really need assurance from the Lord? Was that what was really going on here? Was he doubting in some way? Uh, It certainly wouldn't be unimaginable that on the brink of death in the filthiest of prisons that any one of us would want some final reassurance, right? Right? Lord, did I spend my life doing the right things? Did I pour myself out for the right things? I think any human, and especially I can speak for men, um, we want to know that we did something that was worthy and made a difference. So it's not unimaginable to think that John is looking for that final sort of confirmation. Did I do the right thing here? But i got to tell you something. I don't think that was fully it. That might have been shades of it that was going on. But I also believe something deeper is happening here. And an even greater reason for John's actions. John is sitting in prison, knowing all too well that life is hard on prophets who rebuke sin. He has seen what happens to them. His disciples have seen what happens to them. And now they're seeing their leader sitting in prison. Life is hard for those who grow weary in doing good. You know, the scripture tells us in more than two or three places, don't grow weary of doing good. Why would the scriptures say that so often? Because doing good is tiring. It's hard. It's not easy. You live the life every day. You know. Doing good is not always easy. It can be weary. And John knows this. And he's watching his disciples experience this. Life is hard 
when you choose to live for a relationship with the Messiah rather than be legally bound to the law. Life is hard when you sacrifice all the world offers in your efforts to love those that are in the world. Life is hard. We're thankful for a church that doesn't preach the law. We're thankful that when we walk in here, every one of us knows the term. We'll walk out and people say, what's your church like? We'll say, well, we're not about religion. We're about relationships. See, you know it like off the top of your head, right? But you know something? That feels easy at first, right? I've cast off religion. But it's hard because now I'm always, always, in a good way, examining my relationship. And I feel the conviction, in a good way, of the Holy Spirit when that relationship isn't what it could be and should be. I feel God's grace to get it right. I'm not saying that I'm under the law again, but it's hard not to be. It can be hard. It is hard to not grow weary in doing good. It is hard to choose the relationship rather than religion. Religion it can be hard to follow at first, but once you're in the vein, hey, you just do the right things and you're golden. That becomes easy after a while. I get my 10%, I serve this hour, I do this, I pray three times, spin on my head, do a backflip, we're good. Right? Rules can be followed, but relationships, those get kind of messy. He sees in his disciples people who are tired, people who are questioning why their leader would be in jail, and they're speculating if they might be next if they're caught. There are people who are wondering if it's all worth it. So he does what a good leader does. He sends his disciples to a rest stop to recalibrate, to clean up, to check the map. He sends them to be renewed. Go ask him and say this to him. Are you the one who is to come or are we to look for another? John is saying, go check the map. Look for the true north. And I love, I love Jesus' response. He just so gently calibrates them, right? You go and tell John what you've seen here. That the blind see. That the lame walk. That the deaf hear. You go and tell John. Jesus shows them the map. Tell John what you've seen. And he does so in a way that builds their faith by quoting the prophecy from Isaiah about the blind and the deaf. You know, Jesus was quoting quoting a prophecy there. And he was quoting a prophecy that John would be very familiar with, as would his disciples. Isn't it just like Jesus to show a greater picture of the map? But he gives John a you are here moment, sort of what I would call a hidden pin in the map moment. He knows this is really about John's disciples, so he reminds them, look at the miracles around you. Go tell John. But I think it's a little bit about John's doubt too, maybe. I don't know. So he gives John a subtle message. In fact, I was talking uh, with Pete about these verses the last few days. And, um, and Pete reminded me of something that I didn't see in the verse. That when Jesus quotes this prophecy from Isaiah, he leaves a little something out. The blind, see, that was part of the prophecy. The deaf will hear, the lame will walk, the, those with leopards will be, leprosy will be clean. But there's a last line in this prophecy. It's that they will proclaim liberty to the captives. And Jesus doesn't quote that line. And I think it's because Jesus is sending a subtle message to his brother. Your time has come. You are in prison. This is the you are here pin in the moment. You are here. 
And we both know what that means, John. Your liberty will be ultimately with me in heaven. But on earth, you are going to die in prison. But it's okay. In fact, he then goes on to tell the people around him, if you read those verses, no one that's been born of woman on this earth is greater than John. All right, another nod to his disciples. John has done it well. Don't doubt him. And when he leaves, don't doubt him. He also reminded them of all they've seen, the miracles that they encountered. In fact, he went on to rebuke the cities, those cities that Pete listed when he was reading the Scripture, because he said, you've seen these miracles, and you are still doubting me? And I read those Scriptures, and some of me cowers just a little bit. Because I know what my mind says to my heart when I'm tired. I know what my mind says to my heart when I'm struggling to forgive the people I love. I know what my mind says to my heart. It just says, is this really the way? It's like, do you remember, Wayne? Do you remember, Wayne, that there was a time when you could not walk for almost a year? Your back hurt so bad that you would literally fall over in pain. And a pastor from Puyallup called you up when you lived in Auburn and said, I am coming over tonight. The Lord just laid a, a verse in my head, and I'm supposed to come pray for you. And he drove to Auburn where I lived, and he laid hands on my back. And I woke up the next morning walking and talking. I cannot feel about 50% below my waist. And every time I've seen a spinal surgeon, they have said, what is your pain level? And I say, you know what, I can't feel anything, but I don't hurt at all. And they're amazed. Two surgeons have said to me, I want to know who did the surgery. I say, what surgery? The fusion surgery. It's perfect. I've never had a fusion surgery. The Lord did that. Has it been so long that I can't even remember that when I'm in my moments of doubt? Has it been so long that I can't remember Debbie Kuykendall calling me up and Pete and Monica calling me up and Ray and, and Marcy and all these folks calling me up saying, we're praying for you in your marriage. Just want you to know, we've not given up on you, Wayne. I remember one time we were going through a phase in church where um, they wanted everybody to wear a name tag. And this was when I was like at a really low moment. I had just been uh, you know, separated from my wife, and I didn't want to talk to anybody. In fact, I had not come to church for several weeks. Everybody's always asking, and I just started. And I walked in, and the sweet little lady at the door said, Oh, and we're giving everybody a name tag, Wayne, and I had already written yours out. Here it is. Like, like, I want people to come talk to me. Do you not see that I'm hiding here this morning? And I crumpled it up in front of her, and I threw it at her feet. <laughs> and she just looked at me and said, I'm still praying. And I just want to say, look what the Lord has done. Would you look what the Lord has done? And yet, I get tired and weary. It's like Jesus is saying, those folks, you've seen the miracles. How do you so quickly get tired and weary? How do you so soon forget? I don't want to be the guy that forgets because simply because I'm not putting time in my schedule to stop and remember, to rest and renew, to think about the things the Lord has done. Jesus then does this beautiful thing where he simply says this. He says you need to calibrate. He says you need to stop and rest. Then what he says, he offers himself as everything. He offers himself as your map. He offers himself as your you are here pin. He offers himself as your donut and your coffee and your garbage can and your restroom simply by saying, 
Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. My yoke is easy. I know that it looks hard. I know when you're seeing John in prison, it looks hard. But you know what? Compared to Caesar's way, compared to the Sadducees' way, compared to following the law, compared to a life of hell, my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. But you have to come to me. I'm going to invite Nicole up this morning. And it would be sad for us to talk about the rest stops in life and not give us a few minutes to rest in the Lord. Right? Not give us a few. I don't know about you, but I don't plan that time in my schedule like I need to. So I'm giving myself a few minutes today, and I'm going to invite you to just take part in it. (laughs) This is for me, if not for anybody else. This is for me. So we're just going to play through a worship song or two here. We're going to take literally like five minutes. I don't care if a couple of you fall asleep. I'm okay with that. This is what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to just pray these simple things that we've been talking about. Lord, what area do I need to calibrate on? Lord, where do I need to wash my face? Where's that thin film of dust that's gotten on my car on my journey? Lord, Where's the garbage that I need to just, you know, when I started kind of cussing with the folks at work or looking at my neighbor's husband or comparing my marriage to that person's marriage or struggling at school, you know, by themselves, any one of those things was probably just a, you know, just a little paper straw, piece of garbage, just a napkin. But I've been just kind of letting them hang out in my car and pretty soon the garbage pile is building up, Lord. So this is what we're going to do. We're just going to take some time this morning. Just close your eyes. Breathe really deep. Ask the Holy Spirit to whisper to your heart. And then I'm offering these two things for you. You don't have to do either of them. You can do both of them. You can do one of them. It's up to you. Just a tool. One is if the Lord reveals something to you, maybe it's a habit, maybe it's a whatever. I don't know what it is. Just something to you that's the garbage, the filth. You got a little life on you on your road trip and you kind of want to leave it here this morning and you don't want to take it with you anymore my invitation is to come up over here to our rest area garbage can there's a piece of paper and a pen there just write it out rip it up throw it in the can leave it here this morning and the other thing is this you're calibrating this morning and the Lord says you're struggling with this this is where you are on your map you're bitter you haven't forgiven your dad. You haven't forgiven, you know, whatever. Or you've, you've been angry for a long time. Or you just, you're frantic. Me, for me, my struggle is anxiety and worry. I, I struggle daily to find the peace of the Lord in my life. So for me, it's anxiety and worry. I've let anxiety and worry say to me, to speak to my life and say, you are here, Wayne. And I don't want to be there anymore. I want to put the pin somewhere. So the Lord says... You are a son of peace. That's what he says to me. The enemy says, worry about this, worry about this, worry about your daughter in Virginia, worry about all these things, worry about your finances. The Lord says, no, you are a son of peace. So maybe you need to put the pin somewhere else. So over here, we've got some pins and a map and some regions. One of them says, healed, whole, and restored. Maybe this morning you need to be healed, whole, and restored. You're tired of walking around broken or 
walking around feeling like you don't belong in church. You don't belong in this life. You're broken. Maybe it's a physical healing. Maybe you've been anxious like me. There's a region on the map that says peaceful. I've already put my little pin in there this morning. Because that's this morning early when I came in. That's what I want to claim. Hopeful, free and victorious, joyful. And if that's what you're doing, if the Lord is speaking to you and you want to put your pin in the map and say, I'm claiming this for me, there's some little Bible verses here that in those same categories, just take one or two of them. Take them with you. It's your donut and your coffee this morning, free from the VFW. Okay? Check the map. Take your sustenance. And then just spend a few minutes with the Lord. We're not going to sing. We're just going to enjoy the quiet of the moment to rest in Him.
we're going to finish off with a song in worship and the tables will still be open if you want to come forward. You know, last week, Pastor Dan talked about in his message about sort of uh, recalculating on the road trip and repentance and stuff. He talked about just the need to pray for one another. So this morning, if, if the Holy Spirit's doing something and you want to just respond to that, just reach out to the person on your left or right and, or a friend in the room and just say, let's pray together real quick before I leave. That'd be awesome. Um, you know, rest areas are always fun when there's more of us gathered. Right? Let's just throw the ball back here. Let's have a game of catch, Kent. You and I just talk for a minute. That's good, right? A chance to rest and renew even in fellowship and in prayer for one another. Um, I want to encourage you. You know for you what brings you to the ultimate solitude where you can hear God's voice. So here's my challenge for you. Book it. Find something that you can do locally that doesn't cast a lot of time and a lot of resources, whatever it takes, but plan it. Put it in now. Don't wait. Don't wait, right? 20%, more than 20% of our nationwide accidents are driver fatigue. Don't wait until you're fatigued. or don't. Just imagine if we were just constantly finding our sustenance in the Lord before we even got to the point where we were absolutely in need, right? A couple of last announcements. On your way out this morning, our ushers are in the back, and they're going to have uh, these little reminders for our prayer uh, webpage where you can be part of the community weekend where we're praying for healing. Please take one of those. And lastly, um, next week, services start at 10 o'clock. We don't want to forget that. Again, tables are open. We'll continue to worship before we close out. Thank you guys very much. Thanks, Mike.